It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Amen. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the third Saturday of June. It is June 19th, the year 2021. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with, with us. Your presence is very important to us and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. The serving team for today is, we have Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator. Sister Helena Thompson is our music minister. Minister Lydia Torrigano, myself, called to worship. We have Elder Carolyn Cunningham, who is our worship leader. We have our sister Sharon Taylor for the altar prayer, the invitation to giving Elder Carolyn Cunningham. For the preach word, we have pastors Terrence and Pamela Wilson. Our invitation to discipleship, Sister Greta Ayers. Minister Lydia Torgano, the announcements and remarks and benediction from Pastor Millicent Black. Thank you for your attention. After an opening song, Elder Carolyn will lead us through the rest of the worship service. Also, as a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there is any background noises where you are. Thank you. Amen. So I love that song because saying pour your spirit out is part of the end times event and the end times timetable of the Lord. In the last days, he will pour out his spirit as we prepare for his return. So before we begin, um, our, our message today is called Rapture, a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. I would like to introduce my husband and pastor, Pastor Terrence Wilson, mm -hmm. um, before we bring the preach forward. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, good evening. I'd like to say good evening to my wife, co-pastor Pamela Wilson, Jesus Christ died for you. Thank you, Reverend Black, for having us. All the men and women of God is on the line. As Pamela said, we are talking about the rapture of the church without spot, without wrinkle, and without blemish. What does that mean, Pamela? Honey? So we know that we're in the season. The Bible tells us that no man knows the day or hour, and we do hear that a lot. But what we don't hear as much is we do know the season, because the Lord told us 
that when we see certain things as those things that we're seeing right now on the earth, that the time of his return is near even at the door. So it is at the door. So there's several things and I think it bears repeating even though we already know this, that the rapture of the church is something that's imminent, that there's certain things that were to take place before the rapture of the church and all of those things have already taken place. So the rapture could happen at any time as we know. The rapture is not the same as the second coming because the second coming is after the church is raptured and after the judgment seat. And then the Lord Jesus Christ comes back and it says with thousands and thousands of his saints, which include all of us that are born again. So that's the second coming. The rapture is when we leave this earth and are caught up to meet him in the air. The second coming is when we come back down with him to the earth where he's, he lands in Jerusalem and sets his foot on the Mount of Olives. So the rapture is an important part of our, our Christian life. And it's something that we should have at the forefront of our minds. Now, let Jerry. me tell you this, as you said, that's a good point. Let me say this. A lot of people, my great grandmother, when I was a little boy, she was born, she died in its early seventies. She was born right after Abraham Lincoln was killed before the airplane was invented, before the first ship was fired into the moon, Lil Armstrong landed the first men land on the moon, okay? My grandmother and them could not believe, being from the South, that something could go up in the air that heavy and is sent into space. God, she, God let her live long enough to see the first man land on the moon and see jet airplanes. Before, when she was born, there was no even propeller planes. Planes were not even invented at that time. But I'm just gonna show you how God, nothing is impossible with God. So when Pam talked about the rapture of the church, she's talking about the ones going on. So think about this. If you remember the Star Trek from the 60s, I, I'm a big Star Trek fan. When they're saying, beam me up, Scotty, beam me up. When he beamed all the people transform up to the ship down to the planet. Now I'm not talking scientifically, I'm talking about spiritually. God is gonna call tens and millions of saints, thousands up at one time when they hear the trumpet sound. Remember when we talked about Lazarus a long time ago, when Jesus called him, Lazarus came back, the people was astonished when they saw the miracle take place. Is anything too hard for God? No, but we know that we the time is near. There's thousands and thousands of prophecies being fulfilled and we're very close. Now, when I was a young boy, they would say he's in the last days. I believe we're in the last hours to the last minutes to the last seconds right now. And so while we're getting ready, for the return of the Lord, a lot of people still either misunderstand, disbelieve, or don't have a full, um, complete teaching of the rapture of the church. And this is something that it should excite us. It should, we should be looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. It should be like, if you are going to get married in a couple of weeks and you're all excited, or if you're going to graduate from college or your child is on the way or something. It is on that level, I mean, it, or more than that, not even on that level, it, it's just surpass those levels. And I think most of us are not excited about it. And, I, and it always surprises me when we're not, because as much as we enjoy our life here and, and we have a nice life, or if we're, even if we're hurting or we have some good things in our life, like families or people, we should look so much forward to, to that coming of, of, of the Lord and what it's in store for us after that. I mean, we've said it so many times. We all say it. I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered the hearts mm. of man. But do we really believe that? Do we really believe it to the point where we're saying, well, we can forsake this 
we'd rather go there in a New York minute. I would go there instead of stay here. Mm. My husband could go with me. I wouldn't leave him behind. And he won't be left Please, behind. Please, don't leave him he's behind. A, he's don't a leave him behind. None of us on this line are going to be left they're behind. Bad. But bad. the whole point is that that's where we should want to be. Right. We should want to be there. And even though God promises us a, a life here and we're going to have some good future and hope, mm. I think that our hope, and, I, and I'll get into it a little later, the good things that we expect, what we get here is just a bonus because right. it isn't here. It's right. not for here. This is not our home. And I say it constantly and I really mean it. It's not our home. So I want to play something very quickly about the rapture. Um, and I want to comment on that too. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm going to cue this Now, up. there were two people in the Bible that was raptured up in the Bible. And that was Enoch. The Bible said, chariot of fire came and took him into the heavens. And uh, the other one was uh, Elisha. Those two people was raptured up in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Is anything too hard for God? I mean, think about this. We should be anticipating that to happen. Let me tell you why. Because we're so close right now. They're saying that right now, that the signs are all lining up exactly the way God, Jesus had prophesied right now. Not only do the signs line up, but time is going faster. It's like an hour's clock right now. And there is a crown for those yeah, who are yeah. looking up yep. every day. Could this be the day yep. that God tears open the sky? When we hear that trumpet sound, it's going it's to it's gravitate. It's going to go around the whole world throughout the galaxy. Saying it's going to be announcing the king is here now. What do you have to say? So what we are going through, and I'm not minimizing what you are going through, but what God has planned for us in Jeremiah 29, 11, is so much greater than what we are going through right now. Right. It's not that it's less, but what God has prepared for us, mm -hmm. it is for eternity, mm -hmm. for eternity. Think about this, never getting sick. Think about this, never getting ill. And there is no funeral powers. There is no mortuary. There's no, no hospitals. In I'm talking about a place that is perfect for us for eternity. And the other thing is this, think about this. Think about this, if the rapture of the church happens, we don't even get a funeral. We get this, we, we go caught up the meeting in the air. Amen. Mm -hmm. Go ahead with the yeah. song about. So I'm going to play this little clip, and it will it, it'll tell a little bit of background about the rapture and how we can more fully understand it. So let me just turn that on. Put my mic over here. Okay. Let me know if it, if it sounds too muffled on your side. One thing I want us to keep in mind as we go on to examine the mysteries of the rapture is that the rapture is a mystery. In the biblical sense, a mystery is simply a thing to be understood spiritually rather than by merely human perception. Paul will tell the Corinthian Christians something they could not have known by reason or research. They could not have known this unless God revealed it to them. When we talk about mysteries in Christianity, we are talking about some things hidden in God, some things that have been set to happen from the beginning, but it was hidden, and no man can understand these things unless God reveals it. The truth is that not everyone will understand it, and there is a reason for that. If you look closely at the passage of the scripture, when the disciples of Jesus wanted to know about the last days, Jesus took his time to explain everything that will happen before his second coming, and we can find it in Matthew 24. 
If you look at all of these things, Jesus never mentioned rapture. He just told them that he will appear with angels and many things will happen. That is all about the second coming and not the rapture. People look at this and they wonder how rapture came into the equation. Paul called the rapture a mystery. Paul showed us and explained to us what the rapture is all about. Jesus did not tell us about the rapture, but only talked about his second coming, when he will come and judge the world, because it was not time to reveal this great mystery yet. The people then did not have the Holy Spirit, and it would even be harder for them to understand this mystery. It will only cause further confusion for them. Jesus promised that he will send the Holy Spirit and he will teach us all things. Note the phrase, all things. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit is the one who will teach everything. The Bible is a spiritual book, and you cannot understand the Bible without your intellect. The one who opens up to understand the Bible is the Holy Spirit. I mean, you could have more degrees than a thermometer, and that won't get you any closer to understanding the Bible. I mean, you could have graduated at the top of your class at Princeton University, Harvard University, Columbia University, or any prestigious university across America, and that will not help you at all to understand the Bible. The Bible is a spiritual book, and the one who brings you to understand the Bible is the Holy Spirit. And for you to see the mysteries which are revealed in the Bible, you need the Holy Spirit. Have you ever wondered why one person can read the Bible and that same Bible will do absolutely nothing for them, but another person can read the Bible and it changes their life? It is the Holy Spirit, my friend. He is the difference. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is the difference of understanding. And we are in due with the Holy Spirit when we become born again. And to different degrees, we develop that just like we develop any other gift or any other type of thing, even in the natural, you get better, you understand it better, you grow more. So um, the, the scripture says that he will rapture a church and he's coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle or blemish. And what does that mean? What is it exactly? I've heard people say that, oh, it means that we're going to be rich by the time he comes back. Well, no, it doesn't mean that. And I've heard people say Jesus is not coming back for a broke church. And I, was, I can't even tell you how heartbroken I was to hear somebody that was, was a renowned person of God say that. It has nothing to do with material wealth. It has to do with how close we are in working to follow him. Now, none of us can be perfect. So how can we come to the point where we have no spot, blemish, or wrinkle? What does that really even mean? Paul said it like this. Not that I have, a, I have obtained that or perfected, but I press on. He's speaking about there's there's not a way to be perfect because only Jesus is perfect. But it, come, coming to the fullness of God means that we are pressing forward. We're making every day an effort to move towards perfection. I use this example like, um, say you, I don't know, you're um, maybe somebody that's late or something. You have a the habit of not being on time or something like that. I'm just using that as a, a small flaw. Well, you can start doing things like, setting a calendar, um, getting reminders. I, my husband reminds me all the time of, of a lot of things. And so we work together on that. That means I'm working on this. Not that I've become perfect in it, but that I'm working on uh, remembering appointments, keeping appointments on time and all that. 
So moving forward to perfect things is part of not having spot, blemish, or wrinkle. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect because we will never be on this side of heaven. We won't be. Or we'd already be gone by now. Or we would never have to, or Jesus wouldn't have had to die. So it means that we're pressing forward. So Paul says, reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press towards the goal of the prize to the upward call of Jesus Christ. That's in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. So to have no spot of uh, blemish does not mean that we don't sin because First uh, John also says we've all sinned. But it does mean that if God has spoken to us about something that we need to work on, we need to be working on it. Now also too, when Jesus was born, when Mary and Joseph was journeying, from one place to another, God had them set in the region of Nazarene. The Nazarenes were a sect of Jews, devout Jews, who was devoted to the will of God. They were different people. The Nazarenes were Nazareth. different. Nazareth, sorry. Thank, thank you, Zip. I got my words to apologize for that, y'all. But the Nazareth was so strict on living a life. They knew they couldn't be perfect, but they lived a life that was pleasing in the eyes of God. So you notice when Joseph and Mary, when God told them to dwell in Nazareth, the reason why is because he knew that they were trying to seek God, not as being perfect, but they were living a life that was pleasing to God, a righteous life. That means that the areas of my life that I need to work on, I'm going to continuously work on those. So those things are not making God sad, but they're making him glad. Look how you overcame this era, that era, this era that I'm cleaning up my life is not that we're going to be perfect when we get there, before we leave here, but God is seeing a radical change in our lives. Mm -hmm. He's seeing transformation take place. You know, the things that had me hooked, it doesn't have me no more. You're getting victory instead of defeat after defeat. And so when God sees that, he sees his word in action in us, transforming us from the inside out. Now, there's a reason why God had them to settle in Nazareth, because he knew that that was an area of people who was really seeking him to live a life. They were waiting. They were eagerly waiting for the Messiah. Literally, they know the Messiah was living among them. Amen. They were really highly surprised by that. But this sect of people, they kept the laws of Moses to a T. Now, I'm not saying it'd be just a, a whole the, you know, the oracles or the rules of God in bondage, because the law has made us free. But I'm saying is live a life that you know that is pleasing to God. That is going to get us to spot without blemish, without wrinkle. And, and speaking of that, so pressing towards that mark and working on spot, blemish, or wrinkle, it means that we have to not allow habitual sin to continue to, to plague us. And I like Second Peter verse one, um, chapter one, verses five through eight says, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtual knowledge, and knowledge self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with, with godliness, and with godliness with brotherly love, and in brotherly affection. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective until the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ, or until he be, returns. So um, that wasn't in my original notes, but it, please add that if you're taking notes. Second Peter chapter one, verses five to eight. And it just talks about growing. growing. We wanna always be on a journey of growth, growing forward, growing better. So the power of the Holy Spirit who Jesus sent after he opened the way for us is what enables us to be that. He enables us. Romans 8, 27 says that he enables us. The Holy Spirit is the one who Jesus said he will lead him and he will remind you and teach you of all things. 
So we don't have to do this on our own. That's the good part about it. We're not on our own in this journey. We have the Lord, even if we don't have anybody else. And then in the earth, we have many people. I mean, just in this fellowship alone, we have people that would encourage us. I had a conversation with Sister Juanita just not even that long ago. And uh, I was asking her, you know, we were talking about, you know, when to push back and when to stick up for yourself and things like that. And she gave me some very good advice about um, how to, you know, some better, some good ways to do that. So this is ways that iron sharpens iron and we um, are more effective in, in our ministry, in our life, and just asking other believers that we know we're all in this journey together. We're all in this thing together. So as we look forward to the return of the Lord, and he is coming, the Bible tells us that we should look for eternal rewards and not earthly riches. Now, okay. there's nothing wrong with having being blessed in the earth, right? Dear? There's nothing wrong with being blessed. As the, remember, these things are only temporal. They're only temporal. God is more interested in eternal. And when you live here, everything you possess is only temporal. Uh, when when one of my when my grandfather passed away, he left a, an inheritance to my mother and them, and they separated. And that's what happens when most people are leaving. You're not going to take anything out. But eternal is different because what eternal it exists forever and ever and ever. You can have a hundred homes, you can have a hundred cars, a hundred yachts, you can have a trillion dollars in the bank. When they put when that person's laid the rest. Uh, everything is divided on relatives or fighting over whichever one they choose, whichever one is uh, has a common sense at that time. Level head is reasonable, divided, but nothing is taken out of this world when you leave out of here. That's why God says, seek ye the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 6 and 32 and his righteousness and all these things. I mean, it doesn't matter to God if you have all the money in the world and if you die and separated from him, you're just a rich, poor fool because mm -hmm. you made it in the world, but you lost your soul. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying nothing against being prosperous, but Paul tells us the ones who are prosperous, they do have a responsibility to the church and we try to do that. But what I'm saying is this, the money is only good as long as it's here, but earthly rewards, this is when we are raptured. We go home to be with the Lord after Revelation chapter four and one, come up hither. That means after this, now after when the church is raptured, John the Revelator, I believe, wrote the book of Revelation, the unveiling of God's final plan and what it is in the earth before the end. And so when in Revelation chapter 4, 1, we are snatched up with hundreds of millions of Christians around the world, young and old, rich and poor, middle class, whatever class. They're going to be one class, God's people. That's it. They're going to be no different class, different races. It's going to be one people, one Bible. But here's what happened. In Revelation chapter 4 and 1, when the church is raptured, Right now, you have the Holy Spirit on the earth, which is the, is the guide, the teacher. I mean, we're under the auspices of Jesus and then under the auspices of the Holy Spirit. But watch this. When the church is raptured, the Holy Spirit will be taken up out of the earth. So that means every evil deed that was done during Adam time will be multiplied many millions of times. So there will be nothing to restrain them even mm -hmm. worse. The, the Bible said the Holy gone. Spirit will be caught up with, with us, us yes. to be gone. So now every, so that's what I'm saying. Don't miss the rapture. Please don't. If you missed anything else, make it. Just, oh, it'd be like that uh, man on the side of Jesus. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Sweetie. So where does rapture come from? Because people debate this all the time. They're saying Jesus never said it. It's not in the Bible, but it is in the original translations. Because you remember that the original Bible, the Old Testament was Hebrew and the New Testament was Greek. 
Well, the Latin word raptura, mm -hmm. to snatch away, and also raptos, to mean to means to carry off, is in the Bible. It's in mm -hmm. the original translations. First Thessalonians 4.17, one of my favorite scriptures. Mm -hmm. um, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of our angel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. Mm -hmm. I'm, oh. I'm not even reading it, because I... On. I memorize it. I Come say on. this in my sleep. And after that, we are alive who and remain. We'll be caught up together with them in Amen. the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and there we will be with him always. Man, therefore, comfort each other with these words. Uh oh. It there doesn't say go. scare each other. It doesn't say, oh, right. terrify each other. Oh, just depress each other. It says comfort right. each other. That means this is a good thing. It's Amen. a wonderful thing. Amen. And it's something that we don't Amen. we don't spend enough time on as believers because Amen. particularly we who are being persecuted in this earth. Amen. And this, this is Satan. This is what he's doing to us. And also, that we we this is our hope. Amen. And also, Sue, now look at this right now. After the church has been raptured, now remember, oh, Jesus does not said it, but now John, Jesus gives John a commission in a revelation. When he is exiled to the, uh, the island of Patmos, which is the furthest, one of the furthest islands from the Greek mainland, when he's exiled there, the Bible says he was snatched up to the heaven to write down the things that would take place. So Jesus is talking to him in Revelation, and he's writing up the book of Revelation. John, who was the only disciple of Jesus out of the 12 who was not murdered or executed. He was the last one that did not die a horrible death. So when he was caught up to meet in the air, Jesus said, I want you to write these things back and I want you to put them at the end of the Bible because this is the one thing that I was a little disappointed. Now, I grew up in the church most of my life and my uncle's church. But one thing I know, I've always heard the end of the world, but I never, they never went into interpretation yeah. of what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bible said, God wants to not be ignorant, yeah. but be informed, yeah. Yeah. be educated. There's nothing wrong. Don't be afraid of revelation. Say, Lord, be it unto me according to your yeah. will. Don't, here's what happened. The worst part of revelation is going to happen after the church is gone. Yeah. It's going to happen after. The Bible that. said it will be so horrible in that day that people are going to wish to die and can't even die. The Bible said the rich, it's in Ezekiel 7 and 1, said they're going to throw their wealth in the street and said it's profiting me nothing. I got all this money, but I got all these trials and tribulations. Think about this. I, thought of, I told somebody about this last week in the church. What if we had 10 pandemics at the same time hmm. instead of one? Think about that. The Bible says that, let me tell you right here, in after the church is raptured, watch this right here. Before we come back, we'll be with Christ on our horse. We're going to come back to judge the world in righteousness with Christ because we are the righteous of God. So Jesus said, after three and a half years, we're going to go back and judge the earth because it's going to be harsh. But watch this. In Revelation 16 and 1 says this, pour out the wrath of God upon the face of the earth. Amen. So That is horrible. This, that, that's what's going to happen to the people that are mm. here for the tribulation. We who are born again. Caught up to me. And I always say like many days I'm kind of a mess, but I am good and saved. But you and, know you're ready. Isn't amen. And you're I mean, ready. You, you, you so don't that have to sounds, amen. You're ready. I amen. know I am saved. Amen. I know. Amen. I just know and I'm just so happy for that. Amen. You know, I, I remember when I wasn't, and I didn't even know what yeah. I was missing. But so now, now that I know, I know that I'm not missing. Give us a so the other scripture is 1 Corinthians 15 and 52. It says that, um, I'm not going to read it right now, but it says we will be changed in the moment and blink, a moment of, of an eye. So the eternal, we're supposed to seek eternal rewards. So as although many people may think that 
when Jeremiah 29, 11 says that you have a hope in the future, that that means you're going to have all these wonderful things on earth. And you may have. I mean, there's, there's scriptures all throughout the Bible, Deuteronomy 28, uh, Psalms, uh, I believe Psalms 121, that talks about the blessings that we're going to get. And that's on the earth. We will get those. But that shouldn't be our hope. Our hope should Amen. be, we should be seeking eternal rewards. The Bible says that um, we should not seek riches. We should seek the things of God. Like my husband says, it's things that are, that are eternal. Right. Is it wrong for us to desire eternal blessings? Mm -hmm. No. We, we God will give us those things because right, he's, he's right. a good God. But he will only give us the things that he feels that we're prepared for and right. that is best for us. So maybe some of the things we want may not be best for us. Right. So while it's natural to desire, desire earthly things, mm -hmm. we should be prepared for the Lord to bless us in ways that, spirit, that, that make our spiritual growth increase right. and our eternal rewards. And he says, for this I say, you know, in that scripture, he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, drink, but seek, the, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all mm -hmm. these things will be added unto you. So then whatever we get, if we eat or drink or whatever we do, mm -hmm. we should be doing it all to the glory of God. Even, even our work, we work to the glory of God. Amen. We, we do everything to the glory of God. I even say things at work and I work for the government, some, you know, that God is really helping me today or something. I'm not ashamed of it. I will say it. Amen. You know, it's nothing, it's nothing um, disrespectful about declaring your faith. Amen. And it's, you should do it. Uh, Romans 12 and 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. These are all ways that we're getting ready for the rapture, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. And also, too, let me say this to you. If you are financially successful, God bless you. God bless you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's not a sin to be rich or it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is this, just set your, make your priority. I hear a lot of people, like when they were talking about that movie, Get Rich and Die Trying. That's that is one of the craziest saying you can put that in people's <laughs> mind. Get rich or die trying. You want to die rich but lose your soul? You're not even talking about Christ. Well, let me tell you. So let me give you a reality. When most people are on their deathbed, one thing they think about when they know of the doctor can come in and tell them you got 24 hours left, two or three days left. What are you gonna say? You gonna be thinking about how rich you are, or are you gonna be thinking about what's gonna happen when I come up out of this body? What's going to happen? That's going to run through your mind. A lot of things going to come back in your mind, going to start coming. The things that wasn't important will become important because reality is this. When you go to you, when you go to your relatives or friends, somebody close to you, you see them laying in that casket. It don't seem real, but it's real. Mm -hmm. It's real. And a lot of times people cry because they see themselves in there, not that person. Sometimes they see themselves. But I'm saying this. I'm saying this. There is not, I, now I'm, I'm a person, I love this, travel, my wife and I, that's cool. But let me tell you, there is nothing of this earth mm -mm. that I want to get, that I, you can take me to the most expensive house in the world. I'm not going to never get comfortable in this world mm -hmm. because the world is wicked and mm -hmm. evil every and it's corruption in every country. It is, it is all kind of warfare, it's all kind of tensions. Um, there's all kind of metal, but there's plagues getting ready to come now. 21 more, plagues. More plagues. And more plagues. This is nothing. This is not even a rehearsal of what's the coming. The, so that's why I say get rich. Don't get rich. Try die trying. Get saved or die trying. I'll tell you that. Get saved or die trying. Don't worry about the money. It's nothing wrong with making an honorable income. God requires us to work if we can, sure. But he takes the labor. But I'm telling you this. Get your life ready so if you hear that trumpet sound tonight, you can say, Lord, that's why when I was in the choir, we'll see caught up to meet him in there. I will be caught up to meet him in there. Can you see your eye? Can you see yourself ascending 
in ascending into heaven, like when they say, I saw Jesus ascend into the heaven in Acts chapter one, that will be us on that day. We will make the ascension in a glorified body in the heaven. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, sister. So what do we do then to not have spot, blemish, or wrinkle? What do we do to be ready for the rapture of the church? We're in the, we're the people that the Lord is coming back for. So first of all, not be conformed, but we have to seek his kingdom. And this would include evangelizing the lost. Everybody doesn't, isn't an evangelist. I particularly know I have the gift of evangelism. I, yes, you do. You I continuously do. see people in my spirit. I'm like, man, I'm going to be late going yeah. somewhere, but that person is, Amen. I just feel like they just need a word from the Lord Jesus Christ. They need Amen. to be saved. And they, I've led them to Christ in parking lots, in stores, Amen. all kinds yes. of different Amen. places, you know? So that's one thing we need to do, evangelize the lost. And you don't have to have that particular gift. You Amen. can just tell people about Jesus. Amen. And if you're, of course, you're not going to break rules at work. If they're, you're not right. supposed to obey the laws of work. But if right. somebody is hurting, you wait till your lunch hour and say, you know, if you want me to, I'll pray with you at lunch right. time today and do it at your lunch hour. Um, you make disciples of people. So those who are in ministry, like Pastor Millicent or others of you that are in ministry, you're going to be um, growing other people up so that they can go out and do the same, do work in the Lord. Okay. You're going to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through prayer, studying his word. We all, we all are doing this. I know Amen. we all are. And acknowledging his spirit that lives and dwells within us. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I mean, invite, listen for that voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Something I was going to do the other day and I didn't know what word, it was some simple little thing. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to laugh, I'll even tell you, but I was like, Lord, should I go to this one or that one? And, he, and I started driving and all of a sudden I turned on the street where the one was because I'd ask him, and it was something simple like going to a store, but I invite the Holy Spirit in everything because he said, if you acknowledge him always, he would direct your path and he directed my path. So all scripture makes it clear that this earth is not our home. This is another way that we're Amen. to get ready. Don't get comfortable here. Amen. I mean, have all the fun you want. Enjoy the blessings God gave you. Enjoy your family, your Amen. loved ones. But this is, just remember every day, this is not our home. Just remember, I'm going, this is like a temporary place. Like I'm at a really nice hotel that I'm living at. Or if you're going through stuff and, and, and it's, it's, it's distressing or it's hard, this is temporary. Right. So, so this pain is only for, my husband always says it has an expiration a date. Momentary he pressure. always says, he says whatever going on with you, it has an expiration date. That's so it's like milk. Okay, so know that, that this earth is not our home. Abraham, Hebrews 11, 8 through 10, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place he would receive as an inheritance. Abraham went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and their heirs in the same. For he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is of God. Amen. He waited for a better city. Like Abraham, we're going to do the same thing, right? Okay, Hebrews eleven sixteen. 16. But now... They desire better. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God because he prepared a city for them. He's got a home for us. Amen. Therefore, we must conclude that this life is, is it's not our home and our goal is to glorify God. Mm -hmm. So some will also be blessed with earthly, earthly riches and there's nothing wrong with that. Abraham mm -hmm. was, was blessed in his, in, in his earthly life. But we don't seek those riches as a goal. That's right. just sort of a byproduct it's, that we have. It but it's, it's nothing it that we're going right. running behind. Right. Okay. The next thing we have to do to get ready to not have a spot, brimish, or wrinkle is expect persecution if you live a godly right. life. This is scripture. I didn't put it in here, but it says all that desire to live godly. Did you hear that word? Amen. Desire to live godly. Right. Because sometimes Little we don't live suffer. godly. Amen. Sometimes we don't, but right. even the desire, like, man, I got to do better. 
even the desire to live godly will yeah. bring you to persecution. Yeah, yeah. There's scriptures, I'm not going to read each one, but 2 Timothy 3 and 12, um, the book of John 15, 18 through 20, James 1, 2 through 4, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, talks about persecution being expected of those who are following God. Amen. And these are people who are waiting for the Lord without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, expect to be, to be persecuted. Okay, you need to seek God with expectation of heavenly rewards. If we have our motivation of pleasing God, he will be pleased with us and praise will come from him. Now, also, when we're expecting from God, whatever God has promised us, which he owes us nothing, to be honest with you, because um, he, what he gives is out of the love of his heart that he has for humanity, for us, for his children. But technically, in really, in a sense, God owes us nothing. What he owes us is the pit of hell. That's what really owes us. But God so loved the world Amen. that he gave his son, God, his son. So God, we don't, we, some people got the attitude like God owed them something. And let me tell you something I realized since I've heard this before in the church, not here, but before, uh, their attitude was God is going to, God has to, so let me tell you, God will bless us. But the thing is, we don't love God because he blessed us. We love him because he's our heavenly father. Yeah. He's our Lord and Savior. He saved our life from destruction. He turned our lives around. We want to roll to we want the wrong, wrong road. He put us on the right road. And even if he don't, like chat right me, chat a minute ago, even if he don't deliver us, he's still able to do so. Now, let me tell you something. Nobody can have a better plan for your life. I know there are uh, uh, planners for financial things or financial goals or schools, you know, coaches and stuff like counselors, guidance counselors. But can nobody lead and guide your life the way God can? His timing is perfect. We may not understand his whole plan, but his timing is perfect. So when he blow that trumpet and you hear that sound go all over the world, trust me, he's going to come at the right. His timing is perfect. And when that time comes, you may say, what's taking so long? Because there's a world to evangelize. There are people's souls to a dying. And he has to give this generation a chance to get saved before he come back. It wouldn't be fair if he would have said, okay, come up hither if we were still caught out in the world and we lost our soul, would it? No. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16. And the reason why, because God is patient with mankind. He's been it for century to century because he loved us, because he created us. But whatever he do, let me tell you something, don't love what God do for you. Love him because you want to be his beloved son his daughter. Love him because you love to obey him. Love him because you want to spend time with him and love him. When you're looking for his, really, let me tell you this about Titus 2.13, looking up for that blessed hope. I don't love, I don't, I'm not going to love God because I'm getting a mansion in heaven or some street. You can have a mansion here and still be unhappy. But if I got the love of God in my life, if I have Jesus filling all those voids, he is the only one can fill every void of your life. I'm telling you, all the money in the world, all the wealth, all the stuff is not going to bring all the happiness you think it is. But I'm telling you, Jesus can fill every area of your life. He'll fill you up until you won't want him. Feed me, feed me till I won't no more. Amen. And so if we have a motivation of pleasing God, he will be pleased with us and praise will come from him and not people. So this is one thing, just, you know, just trying to work really hard. I have to con continuously catch myself to not get caught up in, you know, I'm doing this so great and somebody thinks I'm, my work is good or something or is not. I'm going to do the best I can because I'm supposed to work unto God and not unto me. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. We have to wait 
for his approval. And, and not that we shouldn't do a good job. We should always work really well and diligently if we have a job, but we should not do it for the praise of human beings. And I said this one time to somebody, they were saying something about, I don't know, our team, is something's going on. I said, you know what, God will help us. And, you know, I don't mind saying those things. Okay, in um, 1 Corinthians 3.10, Paul talks about heavenly rewards, okay? And he talks about that, that he, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for things in the spirit and not in the flesh, and he will receive heavenly rewards. So there is a harvest at the end of the age. Joel 2 talks about that. Amen. Some Amen. things, and we don't know exactly how they're going to take place. Mm-hmm. The, the Lord is going to do some things for us as a church um, at the end of the age. We know that those things will happen and they'll be in this earth, but it's not the primary thing that we're thinking of. Um, but what we need to do is be ready. There's in Matthew 25 talks about the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. Mm-hmm. Well, many people try to say that that's the unbelievers and the believers. And I, I really disagree with that because they were all dressed alike. They all had on the same thing. They had the same equipment. They had the same lamps. Mm-hmm. So does the church folks, there are people that knew the Lord. There are people like, I, I can't even tell you how many people I've met that grew up going to church all the time and probably went every Sunday, in, you know, maybe until they left their parents' house or something. And they are not saved. They have mm-hmm. never acknowledged and received Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as their Lord and Savior. And I've met them. We meet them at the nursing home mm-hmm. and they're older people, some of them. They're like, they live like, you know, 70, 80 years. And you'll say, well, are you you're sure you're ready to meet the Lord? And they're like, no, I'm not really sure yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what, were you, what were you doing for 80 years? No, I'm just joking. But, but what we do is help them because you can go to church and be read the Bible and everything. But in your heart, you might not know. And I've heard people say, well, how can anybody be sure? Really? I'm sure. And believe me, some days I'm, not, I'm just kind of, you know, just different ways, but I know I'm safe. So we have to know that we have to be like the five wise version. And what were they doing? The difference in them and the other, they had their lamp and they were looking. Like, they were saying, is he coming? He, they were looking down the road. Is, he, is that him? The other ones were just sitting around, you know, just whatever, man. We're just sitting here, too. <laughs> you know, they were not looking for him. I look, when I hear thunder, I'm like, is this it? I make sure, and my husband laughs at me because I make sure that our house is always clean. When we leave the house, even going to the store, I make sure there's no, you know, most of the time there's no dishes or anything in the sink. And he says, What are you doing it for? I said, Because if we go on a rapture, I don't want anybody to say they got saved, but their house is a mess. And I'm, that's a joke, sort of. But I'm like that. When I go to the store, I might not come back. When I go to just go to sleep, we might have a rapture. So I'm doing that. I'm making sure that. We are ready. We're the people with the lamps. Is he coming? Right. Let's be those five wise. Let's have our lamps trimmed and ready. And when they say they have lamps trimmed, that means they have them lit. They right. had the fire in there and they were look, using that fire to look down the road to see, is he, is that him? Right. Is he coming? The other ones didn't have their lamps. And when he came, guess what? Right. He said, come on, let's go with the ones that got their lamps on. The ones that aren't, no, he shut it. And he said, let us go on. too. We're going to go get some oil now. No, too late. But you should have been looking the whole time. We're looking. And I'm looking just because I love him, and I know he loves me so much that he's got this place prepared for me. And he says, "I go to prepare a place for you." Right? Now, also too, right? As Pamela said, which is true. Oh, the five foods, five vibes. But what happened was the ones that remember the light, the oil was the anointing in their lives. They let it go out because they had decided to do it their way, go the way they conformed to the world. But the difference was the other five decided we're waiting patiently on the Lord, waiting for His anticipation. Now, if you read the book of Proverbs, it's talking about he don't listens to me 
will dwell in safety and security in Proverbs, living a life skillfully, the book of wisdom. So God tells us, if you do it his way and you let him lead and God direct your path, you let him do the super and you do the natural, then God will do supernatural things with your life. The one thing I noticed is that the Bible is selling saying there are a lot of people who don't want to wait on God. So they'll wind up leaving sometime. The church is sad. But I'm telling you something, God's plan is always going to, is always going to uh, triumph over any plan that we can even comprehend. And I'm going to tell you something, I could speak that from experience in my life. If I had did it my way, I would have made a wreck out of it. But if I did it his way, he makes it blessed. And not only that, we not get blessed, but he gets the glory out of it. When, there's a, when we do it our way, we get the glory out of it. And that's not glorifying God. Paul said, I boast in nothing mm. but Christ. And that's why God said, let me lead and guide. And that's why I said, we got to crucify that flesh on a daily basis and pick up our cross and what? Follow uh -huh. him. Yeah. Because God know that how we, he, when he deal with us, he deal with flesh. And sometimes we don't always want to do it his way. I'm not going to say it's easy to wait on God. No, it's not. But it's the best thing mm -hmm. to do sometimes. Yeah. I'll show you what you we may not even have all the answers to what's going on in a situation. But I tell you one thing, we know who have all the answers. Mm -hmm. So when we trust him, we know that what even if we don't want sometimes God don't want us to have all the answers. Let me tell you why. Because if we have all the answers, then we'll feel like we don't need him then. We'll exclude him and then try to be wise in our own eyes. But the Bible said, blessed is he that wait upon the Lord, for he shall renew his strength and mount up his wings as eagles. And he shall, why not wear it? And I shall not faint. That is in Psalms. If you need to renew your strength in the Lord, I tell you to do that tonight. Renew your strength. Say, Lord, I need strength from you. I need strength from the reservoir, the overflow. When I feel empty, when I feel down, I need to draw from the reservoir of the Holy Spirit. Fill me up, Lord, where I am empty. When you go, when your gas is low in your vehicle, you go to the closest gas station you can to fill, then fill up on the Lord again right now. Because I'm not going to say life is going to be easy. No, it's not. Life is hard. I did. A, we did a series on that. Life is hard. But God know that he put us in this race, as Paul described it, in this race, in this generation, the 43rd generation. Now, why did he do that? Because he has plans for us. And let me tell you, so no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And I have overcome the world. And God said, if I have overcome the world, I, you are over the old you. How am I able to overcome the world, Pastor? I tell you, because he reconciled us back to Christ. Now, Paul says, now you have been brought, you were far, you've been brought near. I beseech you in the name of Jesus, brothers, to give victory in his name. But whatever we do, we do it all in the name of Jesus. Not with no selfish ambitions or selfish motive, but do it in for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Paul realized the more he died to himself, the more he, Christ, came in and took refuge up in his life. And that's why he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament to this day. God bless him. Now, let me tell you something. If anybody was selfish and ambitious, that was apostle. That was Saul, because he said, I excel more than all my companions. But when he, he was a champion for Caesar, but God snatched him out of fiery furnace, and he became the chief evangelist in the New Testament with Peter and Paul. People who didn't even trust him when he came, they thought he was spying them out to get them arrested, take them wrong. But Paul said, no, 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 it's not I live no more. It's Christ that lives within me. Because he remembered something in Acts, and I believe chapter nine, 
When he was knocked off that horse, he fell from everything he was gripped to in the world, and he took hold to the things of God. You notice when he fell, and now it was probably, I don't know, it was a quiet stallion horse, I don't know. But the rapture of the church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. That is what God has called us to be. Jesus said, you want to be, follow God, be perfect. Grow and say, Lord, teach me. I don't know how to do this, but you show me through your word so I can perfect every area in my life. Do, wouldn't you want to hear the words, well and done, my good and faithful servant? That everything, think about this. If you at the end of your life, wouldn't, knowing you had so much reassurance from God that everything he called you to do, he said, you did it. And you pass with flying colors. Look at how people get excited. When I, when I graduated, it must have been hundreds of people at the graduation because I went to a big high school. But all those people just celebrating us and we were all standing. But the ones who was up in the front that really excelled, they got a special reward for that. Now, me, myself, I could have did a little bit more better. I ain't gonna lie, I did okay. But I could have did a lot more better. But thank God, I did graduate. My mother was there and everything, family was there. But I'm thinking about the graduation in heaven where you walk in before God said, well done. Because there's only two words God is going to say. You're faithful or unfaithful. And what he said, they treated it not, they're not fruit that was not producing. He tear it up and throw it into the fire. Amen. But we're going to be fruit bearers and we're going to produce fruit in the name of our Lord and Savior. God bless you. The rapture of church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. Let us get ready. Spend some time reading the word. Don't spend so much time on TV or people. Be careful of your association with people. Because when you got the wrong association, the Bible warns you of that. Be careful in the last days of your association with people. But also. I want to say one more thing before we close. I'm glad parents said that about television. Television has become almost completely demonically inspired. It is. It is witchcraft 101. It is. You've got supposedly superheroes, even in movies that there's there's this really popular movie that everybody loves. Unfortunately, it's just straight up witchcraft. That's all it is. Okay. Be careful. Ask the Lord, how does this is this representative of who I am as a Christian? As who I am as a believer. It's who I am. And then just look, read between the lines and look at some of these things. People with fire coming out of their fingertips. Does that seem like anything of the Lord? You know, unless God is doing it because his fingers can do that, I suppose. But this is all witchcraft. This is all human beings attempting to put themselves in the supernatural in a a powerful position that's reserved for God alone. God alone can can do call down fire and do different things. And the Antichrist will do it at the end too because and he's a, a phony and a faker. So everybody else that does those kind of things besides our Lord himself is a witch, a devil, and from Satan right. himself. Please do not like these movie stars where people right. are turning into animals and different kinds All of things. This, there's just no way on this earth that that's of God. I don't yeah. even know how, how any Christian even thinks that that is even acceptable. And also we know the Bible tells us that there was one person that God allowed to call down fire from heaven, that was Elijah. God told Elijah to do that when he was challenging the false prophets of Baal. And this was not to make Elijah look good. It was to show the power of God that he had not abandoned his people and that he wanted them to forsake those idol gods they were worshiping Baal to come back to him. So God said, come on back home. Come on back home. Come on back 
Your father loves you without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. Come on home and get ready for the Lord because he's coming back and time is running out right now. So just make that dedication. Come and on we want to be Amen. a member of God's family. Amen. You don't have to know. I'm telling you, sometimes somebody will say something like a celebrity to me and my husband. We'll be like, who's that? I don't we know have no is. idea yeah. because we don't yeah. care. We don't know who this one is, who that one is. Yeah. I think I probably know who the biggest stars and are, maybe like it. Beyonce and the Kardashians, yeah. something like that. But when they start talking about, I'm like, I have don't no idea who these people are. are. I don't care who they are. Not I don't follow them. I don't yeah. look at them. I don't. We're not on social media. We're about our father's business. We go to work. We yes, look sir. at Jesus, Nothing and we, right we watch right old. We do watch old movies because right. they're they seem to be more wholesome. Yeah, we watch old movies and we watch old sitcoms. But we don't watch all this stuff where people fornicate and all these women are wandering around and sleep with other people's husbands and all this stuff and all this Tyler Perry crazy yeah, drama. Be careful with all that stuff. All this housewives yeah. and whatever these crazy nothing things about. confusion. This is the world. It is. it is the world. This is nothing and about. I believe that you also had scripture here about be not conformed to, to the this world, world but be transformed and be transformed by renewing. Be careful with all that garbage out we there. We don't want to know. We don't care who talked about who. They were, they, they spent a half an hour. I had to turn it off. I was doing my work and I just forgot the TV was on and some show came on. They were talking about some girl. Hey, this girl is a bully. So, and she's in it. I think oh, she spent a half matter. an hour. And I looked up and doesn't I looked matter. up a half an hour later. I was, kind of wasn't paying attention because the news had been on and they were still talking about it. I'm like, who cares? Is, is there anything on that that's going to get anybody closer to the Lord Jesus Christ? Is anybody getting saved by that? No. You know, I mean, we do like entertainment. Not saying we don't like any entertainment, but what I'm saying is we get so caught up in that yeah, stuff. Be careful. We just, those clogs, it, will, it would affect your We don't wall. care about, we don't think the rest of the more normal people think. We, we're thinking about Jesus up in this house. And, and also, too, and also too I can't remember the last time we've been out to the movies. That's how polluted the thing is that we were very selective of what movies we even go out watch. And we, go, and we got two nice movie theaters around us. So that, but I'm just, I don't like the garbage that's being put out there because it's taking people's mind off the Lord. Too much entertainment takes your mind. It makes you lazy and it makes you conform back to this world. We are not to be conformed to this world. We're set aside for such a time as this. The thing that, that got a lot, his wife in trouble, when they went inside of the mall, they got conformed to that atmosphere. That's why she turned back because she started loving the things of the world. But it was Lot's fault because he took her in there in the first place. What you think the devil's going to do? So be careful of the wiles. Of, be careful. Put on the whole arm of God. Mm. Be careful what we entertaining. Be careful. That goes to ministers. And, and I think Pamela was telling me about she well, she uh, found out some information that even when you're a pastor, a bishop, an elder, evangelist, Satan has people designed Design, that's to tear that, and they get a bigger reward they for bringing down the ones in the I'll tell you about but that later. Be but this is really yeah, true. In careful. the wicked yes. community, they yes. get promotions yes. for taking down people of God. Yes. And so everybody that's being targeted, right. y'all, yes. we're all people of yes. God. They yes. get they be get careful. a bigger, like, like you do a yes. good job of working, you get a promotion. Yes. They get a promotion if they yeah. mess up people to, yeah. to serve. You God. take it out of leader. Yeah. You take it out but of even leader. Even people, just, it's just loving God. Yeah. They're after us. But we're, yeah. you know what? We're yeah. not gonna, we're not gonna take it lying down. Yeah. And we're gonna yeah. talk later about time for peace and time for war. Yeah. And I'll say this yeah. real quick. I know we have to go. But I am a battler. I am a uh, strategist, a military strategist. Because yeah. I was in the military. So I always tell everybody: if you want somebody to use diplomatic negotiations. My husband's your person. I am. I if try. you want somebody to get a, a Sherman tank and, and, and crush the thing, that's me. Mm -hmm. Because there's a place for both in the body of Christ. 
the black, but I've heard, I've heard too many people always say, well, if Jesus does that, yes, he was like that. He fought for you. That's why he died for you. Amen. You know, so we're going to talk later on about a time for peace, a time for war. I, and that's why I was asking our, my dear sister about how to fight. But just because we look about how to fight does not mean that we should never fight. But Ecclesiastes also tell us, if you remember, Jesus was also praying and delivering people. But then it tells us in another chapter that Jesus turned over the tables when he saw the thievery going on in the temple. So there was a there was a part of G. He turned and they couldn't believe that he turned over the tables because mm -hmm. he and it's because he said you turned my father's house into a den of thieves. And so he got mad and turned and threw all the money on the floor. Right. So he was radical when he had it, to be. And, oh, There's we, a time for everything. For everything, and we have to be ready because we're in a really uh, desperate time in our, sure. in our Christian walk yes. right now. Yes. So we have to be ready to push back. We yes. have to be ready to say, "My faith says I'm gonna yes. not do that." We have to be ready to stand. We have to be ready to stand. We have to be ready to to open our eyes and ask the Lord, Lord, what is your view of this thing? Yeah. What do you think? What do you want me to do now? And this is what the sister told me. Just ask God, what's the next move? I right. love that. But she said, she said, don't, sometimes you don't have to argue, but first, before you push back, say to the Lord, what's the next move? And Lord, also in the name of Jesus, we're going to pray that this virus will be driven out of the land. I have also been praying, we've been praying for over a year now, Lord, drive this thing out of here. But that, the reason why I'm saying, please, be ready for the rapture when it happens. Because remember, a lot of people say, how do you know it's going to happen? Well, it happened when, when Israel left out of Egypt. God broke them through the Red Sea. It happened after 400 years of bondage. God delivered them. And they, that testimony is still valid today as it was back then. And God brought them in. Now, we know that Abraham went into the land and got a promise. But God didn't bring that to pass until Joshua led them up over the Jordan River. But it happened. Nothing is too hard for our God. Amen. Amen. I don't need to say nothing else. Nothing is too hard for him. Amen. All right. So that's the book. Turn it over back over and thank you for allowing us to Amen. fellowship again. Each and every one of you. Amen. And it's a pleasure. Amen. It's a pleasure to fellowship with y'all. A fellowship. Great fellowship. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.